Let's Get to the Points is brought to you by Seats.Arrow. Coming up on Let's Get to the Points. LAX to Taipei, Starlux, 60,000 Alaska miles. Book it. We've been talking about Starlux since episode one. So just so you guys know, Miguel found this before any bloggers wrote about it, yeah. before anybody mm-hmm. on Instagram reported it. He found it first. I was just casually searching like I do eight hours a day looking for flights. <laughs> and I was on that arrow. This has to be the Starlux. And I looked and I'm like, this is it. And later. Heather quit touching asks. Beep. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna pee on myself. Okay, go again. What is she touching? How do you all keep the details of multiple trip plannings? She's struggling with her (laughs) Miguel. (laughs) Now, let's get to the points. From passion for points, it's Serena. From points to travel expert, it's Keholani. From travel sergeant, it's Miguel. From Nicole's travel tips, it's Nicole. And from seat to a suite, it's Mitch Shannon. Hi there, and thanks for watching today on Let's Get to the Points audio and video podcast, where we bring you the very best in tips and tricks in the world of miles, points, and travel. I'm Mitch Shannon, and I am joined by the very best points, miles, and travel geeks that you will find anywhere on Instagram and social media. First up from Passion for Points, it's Serena. Hi. From Points to Travel Expert, it's Kay Helani. Aloha mai kako. From the Travel Sergeant, it's Miguel. Yeah, what's up? And from Nicole's Travel Tips, it's Nicole. Hi, everyone. Before we start, please hit the subscribe button now on our YouTube channel and wherever you watch or listen. The video and audio versions are also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Let's Get to the Points. Also, we love connecting and chatting with you, so drop us a DM on any one of our social media channels. Let's do it. Let's get to the points. I just wanted to take a minute to give a huge thank you to you for watching and listening to us on our podcast. We are growing and we appreciate your comments, your likes, your follows, the messages. All we can say is keep them coming. The biggest favor you can do for us right now is give us a little thumbs up, follow, like, or tag us, share us, whatever you do. So thank you very much for doing that. It's been a very busy week in the world of points, miles, and travel, and we got a jammed packed show for you tonight. And we're going to start with Miguel and the new sponsor of our show as well. So tell us about them. And we've got a very good deal for our listeners and viewers, right? That's right, Mitch. So we want to thank today's episode sponsor, Seats.Arrow. So we've spoken about them before in a few prior episodes. And what Seats.Arrow is, it's an award travel search engine. So what does that mean? That means that if you're trying to book something on points or miles, that's one of the best search engines to use. You can search various award loyalty programs and different airlines or airline alliances to search for award availability. That means seats that are bookable with points using the different points or miles that you may have. And as a sponsor of our show, we have a special code for our listeners or viewers that they can use to save some money if they want to sign up for the pro account. Seats.Arrow has a couple of different views when you're searching. It has an explore feature and a search feature. So in the explore view, you can see what flights are available for your destination, your route, 
and you can sort these by departure date, by cabin, and the search view allows you to search all the programs at once for a specific date range between two airports or even two continents. So that's actually one of my favorite features is that you can search by continents. If you're just trying to get to Europe and you want to do some business class and you don't care maybe which airport you fly in and out of, you can search the entire continent of North America to Europe and it's going to give you whatever's available for the dates that you may need. Now, in the search feature, if you have a specific date you need to fly, you can use a search feature, put in your dates, the minimum number of seats, and it's going to search across all the different airline programs and maybe you can transfer points or miles to that specific program to do that. Now, they do have a free version and a paid version. So the free version allows you to do a lot of the stuff, but you can only see within the next two months. Now, the pro version, is it's going to allow you to search up into the following year. So if you want to plan more than two months in advance, you're going to need the pro version to search more than two months from now. The pro version also allows you to search by specific cabin and specific airlines, and you can search by the minimum number of seats. So if you need four or more seats, like some of us might need, we're able to search and put the minimum number of seats as four, and that'll give you those results. It's also very good for finding some sweet spots. So they have a Delta One Finder. And so what this does is allows you to search for that sweet spot that you can book Delta Business Class through Virgin Atlantic to Europe for 50,000 points. Now that's very hard to find. And instead of searching all the different routes that Delta flies from the US to Europe month by month, you can just go to this specific tool that they have and everything that's available flying Delta using the Virgin Point. So that's an incredible feature. So yeah, as you could tell, I really like this website uh, and very thankful that they're sponsoring this episode. And we're going to have a code for you guys to save some money if you want to do the pro version. So what have you guys used Seats.Arrow for? I want to thank Miguel for introducing me to Seats.Arrow. I actually used it to find our flight back from Europe home this summer. I found an amazing deal to fly to Amsterdam. But after booking that deal, I realized there wasn't a return flight available. I looked up Europe from US and it helped me to minimize my search to certain different airports. And we were able to find a direct flight from London to Miami and at the points that we wanted to be able to fly. So I use seats.aero for alerts and I have like 30 plus alerts set up on this site for myself. You know, a lot of times it's so hard to monitor your emails, but when you get a text about award availability, I am on it right away. So I loved how they are able to text you when they see the availability. We're going to talk more about Starlux later, but I am using seats.aero now to monitor Starlux availability. They are going to start flying from Taipei to San Francisco on Starlux, and I'm using seats.aero alerts to monitor for award availability on on that route specifically. Previously, they didn't have that route on the system under the Alaska mileage plan dropdown, but I reached out to them through the chat feature on the website and they got back to me within a couple hours and had the route ready to go. So I was able to set my alert right away. So not only is it a very powerful search engine, but they also have very prompt customer service, which is something that I highly appreciate. What I like about Seats.Aero is it is lightning fast. Most of us, and I'm sure a lot of you, do not have time to sit around and look for flights. And when I get on Seats.Aero, I use the drop down feature and I choose, for example, Asia to North America. I just did this the other day while we were in Japan because everything was full oversold, we couldn't get out. And so I pulled up seats.arrow and within like a minute of getting on there, probably less than a minute, I saw a flight for ANA business class that same day. So this program is very valuable if you're a non-ref traveler, if you have a family and you don't have a lot of time and you just wanna find immediately the flights that you want on the dates that you want. 
Yeah, I agree with you, Kehalani. I've been using Seats.Arrow as well myself, and I, I love it. It's great when you punch it in, and it will take you to the actual airline website of where you want to go, and you can see that right away. So it's pretty cool. So here's the deal that we have for our listeners and viewers, and it's a really good deal as well because they don't really offer any type of special deals. So that's why we're so excited that we can offer this. So right now, if you book a month, it's $9.99, or you can pay for a year at $99.99. Now, if you use our special promo code, it's LGTTP. Just remember, let's get to the points. LGTTP. It's going to take $2 off your first month, or you can have an even bigger savings if you do the year, and it'll be $79.99, taking off $20 for the first year. So once again, thanks to Seats.Arrow for sponsoring our show, and we are excited that we can offer you that special deal as well. Nicole, it doesn't look like you are in your home. Where are you? And you're on a trip, right? How's it going? Yes, Mitch. I am in Murano, Italy an island off the coast of Venice. We took our family here. We started in Chicago. We went to Amsterdam and now we're in Italy. How's your trip been? It's been really good. Um, as any family trip would be, it's kind of challenging, but also very fun. I'm excited to be able to add two more countries to our list for our family. My kids are having a good time, as good as they can have as teenagers, but we are really enjoying it. The weather is great. It's been between 60 and 70 degrees. So for a Florida girl, that's kind of chilly, but it's perfect weather weather for us. We spent three days in Amsterdam at the Hyatt Regency Amsterdam. And oh my God, I absolutely love that hotel. So I know a lot of people from Instagram went to the Andas in Amsterdam, but that's a little more points than I wanted to spend. And so I think the Hyatt Regency is the perfect middle ground in terms of points price. I love Hyatt Regencies because they have a Regency club. And so you can get snacks throughout the day. And there usually is a happy hour in the afternoon where you probably depending on what they have at that Regency Club, could substitute it for your dinner for the night. And so we took full advantage of that. After Amsterdam, we jumped on an easy jet flight and buckle up buttercups because <laughs> if you fly on EasyJet, it's like flying on spirit. <laughs> when we left, we flew southwest and we had a terminal that had no lounge and you know like i'm living this lounge life now so like i'm clutching my pearls and we haven't been able to go to any airport in our travels this summer that has a lounge so we took easyjet from amsterdam and now we are in venice on the island of Murano. We're at the Hyatt Centric. Have any of you guys ever been to Venice? I have been to Venice when in my earlier days. And when I was there, it was raining. And when I talk to a lot of people, when they go to Venice, it's raining a lot. So I'm, I'm happy that you're there and it's not raining. Well, it, <laughs> it rained yesterday afternoon and this morning, and it's not super cold with the rain. So it's survivable. So what I would like you to know about the hotel here. So the Hyatt Centric is on a different island than Venice. When you get picked up from the airport, the hotel does provide you with a free water taxi. And when I tell you, I felt like I was in the movies. I like laid out in the back of the water taxi. I had my daughter take a picture with the Italian flag in the back. It felt like luxury. Normally a water taxi is about $100 and the hotel is providing that. Now, once you get to the island, this is a really 
really small island, very family oriented, but there's not much to do. People just come here for a day trip. So you have to get on a water taxi to take you to the main island of Venice. You have several options. It's 950 euros for each way that you go, but you could either buy a 24 hour ticket, 48 hour, and they have different levels of the ticket. We bought a 48 hour ticket for four of us, and that was 140 euros. Now you have to decide if it's only two of you, maybe it's cheaper to stay on the island of Venice so you don't have to worry about the water taxi. But for a family of four, if you want to spend less points and don't mind spending the 140, then this is the place to be. If you would rather use more points and not spend any cash, then it's probably better to stay on the island of Venice itself. Now, the famous island of Venice where the canals and the gondolas are is not where the airport is. The free water taxi is only back and forth to the airport. Like we're leaving on the train, the water taxi won't take us to the station for the train. And when you want to go to Venice, the water taxi doesn't take you there. So Nicole, tell us about the Hyatt-centric breakfast. It's a more of a continental breakfast. There's no like cook to order eggs, but there is some hot dishes here that are available at the buffet. The coffee is excellent. The Prosecco is great. Okay, so I want to tell you a little bit about the suite. These rooms do hold four people, which is great for families. I use 13,000 points for three nights for a total of 39,000 points. And most hotels in Europe do not hold four people. So this is good if you have a big family. We are in the duplex suite. The sofa opens up into a bed. They did bring in an actual rollaway bed. And then upstairs in the loft area, you have a king size bed. Did you use a suite upgrade award? No, when you book for four people, and this is the room availability that they gave us. Now, if you're staying for two people, maybe you can get an upgrade to this suite that will hold four. So you booked directly into the suite, the duplex suite for 12,000 points a night. For 13,000, yes. That's a good deal. It is a good deal. And you have to decide if less points and the water taxi, you know, where does your value lie? I would say if you are coming to Italy, this is definitely one to put on your list to consider. If you are just coming to the hotel for the location, there's a lot more to consider other than that. So just think about it. So we're having a great time here. We have another part of Italy to tour, but Kehalani, I noticed recently you were in Japan. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so we just came back from Japan about four days ago, and the trip that we took was a last-minute trip. So we literally planned it just about two weeks before we went there because we fly non-rev, so we were checking the flights, and they looked pretty good to get on, even though they were getting kind of full. My husband, Vic, took off work, and we just went for it. But by the time we went for it, flights started to get really full coming back from Japan into the U.S., so we had a wonderful adventure, if you would call it that. We spent a lot of time at Manata Airport. Also went to Australia, which wasn't in our plans, but we had a great day over there. While we were in Japan, we stayed at the Hyatt Place Kyoto. That was 9,000 points a night, and another night was 12,000 points a night. And it is just a great use of points, in my opinion. In Japan, it takes a lot of points to get a hotel room that ranges from from $250 to $400 a night. So the Hyatt Place Kyoto is a great value on using your Hyatt points because it usually takes a lot of points to stay at a high-end hotel. And because we are going for the day, we're going holo holo in Hawaii, and that's when we say we're going to just go out for the day and kind of do whatever. We're out and about in Japan. And for myself, 
I don't like to spend a lot of points on a hotel if I'm not going to be there enjoying it. All I need is somewhere really clean, good food, complimentary water is a plus, good service, and I'm good to go. And the air conditioning needs to be good too. Those are the things that I look for when I'm using my points. We purchased a standard room with our points and we got that. There weren't any suite upgrades available on that night because the hotel was pretty full. One of the chairs in there expands into a sofa bed. And I'm gonna show you a picture here if you're watching on YouTube or Spotify. And as you can see, our room was tiny. We went with our daughter who's in college and I called it the college dorm room. It felt like we were dorming with her. <laughs> so we made it fun like that. The breakfast at Hyatt Place hotels in America and around the world offer complimentary breakfast for everyone. Now the difference with this hotel in Japan is that the breakfast is just amazing. It's much different from the breakfast in the U.S. There were a lot of Japanese dishes, fresh salad, and the fruit was very good. That's how I can tell the quality of a hotel is if their pineapple is sweet. That's how I know they take care into the food that they prepare for people. That's one of the things I judge. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, Kehelani, you know, I was watching your Instagram story and I was so impressed by this breakfast at this Hyatt place in Kyoto because every Hyatt place I've ever stayed at in the U.S., it's maybe a Jimmy Dean, if that, that you're getting. You know, you got this incredible <laughs> Japanese breakfast going on over there. Yes, and there is a sign out front with these little people on it and it says what time breakfast is busy. But one tip that I can give to you folks, if you stay there on Sunday, it gets packed. And I will show you the line here in YouTube. The line extended out to the check-in counter and it started right at about nine o'clock all the way until breakfast ended at 10 o'clock. Also, Japan has a very good system to get around to see the area and that's by subways and trains. So the subway station is actually kind of connected to the hotel. It's right outside under a covered walkway. And then we head down the stairs to go onto the train and the train can take us like all over the nearby areas. And also if you need to get to Haneda Airport or wherever you need to go, you can connect on these trains. The hotel has a great location next to the bus stops. There is food nearby. That's open late at night. It's just a half a block away to walk over there. And we got a meal for just a little less than $14. We're talking like a poke bowl with salmon, a miso soup, salad, and we each got a meal like that just for that low cost. So it's a really great hotel to bring your family at. And it's also very difficult in Japan to get a room that will accommodate three or four people. And that's what's great about this hotel is that we were able to accommodate three people in the room. We did not need to to get an extra room. So Kehalani, was your booking off-peak standard or peak pricing for this Hyatt Place Kyoto? The 9,000 points was the off-peak rate, which is the lowest amount of points you're going to pay for this hotel. And we also booked it at the standard rate, which is 12,000 points per night. One of the nights wasn't available and I just kept going back to look at it and I got it for 12,000 points and then it went down to 9,000. So I rebooked it again. So always check your hotels to save you some points. What a great value for Kyoto for three people in a room. I mean, if you compare the hotels in Kyoto, you're talking about 12,000 points per night, standard rate at the Hyatt Place Kyoto versus 40,000 points per night at the Park Hyatt Kyoto. And speaking of Park Hyatt Kyoto, I was watching Mitch's Instagram stories recently and you were at the Park Hyatt Kyoto and I have a burning question. Oh dear. Last week we talked about Park Hyatt Bangkok being your favorite number one Hyatt in the world. And I want to know, did Park Hyatt Kyoto 
knock Park Hyatt Bangkok off number one on your list? Yeah, that is an excellent question, Serena. We just wrapped up our family summer trip to Thailand and Japan. And last week's show, I was at the Park Hyatt Bangkok. And you're right. I talked about how much we loved it. But it seems that there's some very tight, stiff competition now that we've stayed at the Park Hyatt Kyoto. We flew from Bangkok to Singapore and then on to Narita. And we actually had a hard time finding stowage for our bags at Narita Airport. I found some empty storage lockers and then we headed on down on the Narita Express and then we were off to Kyoto. First off, Serena, let me say how much I love Japan for so many reasons. You've talked about it in past episodes about how it's one of your greatest trips that you've taken. And I can agree with that, especially the Park Hyatt Kyoto. I feel like it's another level of Park Hyatt's for a couple of reasons. First off, the location, as you know, is perfect. It's right in the middle of Gion and you can walk to wherever you like. The service, I'm not going to lie, was probably the best service we've ever had. And I'm not just saying that. What made it extra special was that when we arrived, the director of rooms, Billy, he came over to us, he greeted us, he made us feel so welcome. And we had a welcome glass of champagne, which that was very nice. And then he proceeds to offer us VIP tickets the next morning to the Gion Matsuri procession of floats. And it's probably one of the most famous festivals in Japan. Watching them move and turn these floats with the bamboo and water, it was so impressive. And we felt so lucky and fortunate that Billy and the Park Hyatt Kyoto gave us these reserved seats to the parade. We had such an incredible time in Kyoto. I just can't even begin to put it all into words. Just how wonderful it was and staying at the Park Hyatt Kyoto, it was worth every single point that we paid for it as well. So like UK Helani, we had a great time in Kyoto, but just waking up to that view every morning, Serena, I know you stayed there as well. It's just an incredible property. Oh, absolutely. For peak pricing of 45,000 points per night, they can take all my points. I will stay there. <laughs> take all my points. It's okay. And I didn't get VIP tickets to a festival or parade. I didn't get that. And I still love that place. And then, you know, what was interesting is when we left, Billy, he came rushing out to give us this full bag of goodbye gifts, which, you know, I, I'm going to show these to you. It was chocolate coffee bread. So delicious. These other little treats. I mean, Miguel, remind me again of the goodbye <laughs> gift you got from the Ritz Carlton. Tell me about that. They, uh, I think they, they called the cab for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how gracious. Miguel, I got your back. Okay, so right after things opened up from COVID, Vic was Marriott Gold. So, you know, because we couldn't get any nights in, right? So we checked in early in the morning, which is what we do when we do a one night stay in Hawaii so we can milk that whole stay. And we went to the Westin Ka'anapali and we checked in and got our room at about 8.30. So, mm. <laughs> Mm, that's pretty mm. good. That's pretty good. <laughs> so that's really good for Marriott. But I will say I have never gotten a goodbye bag that Mitch 
and Polrit got when they left Park <laughs> Hyatt yeah, Kyoto. Yeah. I've never received yeah. anything like that, and I still love Park Hyatt Kyoto. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, I know we tease you a little bit, Miguel, about you know Marriott and everything, but I do have to say, Billy and the Park Hyatt Kyoto. I mean, you know, even if I didn't get the goodbye gift, the service—they were so kind and just so gracious to us, and it was just really nice to have that. So, you know, that experience there. I mean, Serena, what was your experience like there at the Park Hyatt Kyoto? Oh, it was fantastic. I love the location. I love the service. I love the suites. The suites are beautifully decorated and all the products and the way it's furnished and all the materials they use in the suites. It's it's a pretty new property, a few years old. And that's a hotel that I don't mind spending all day in my suite. And I mean, you should be exploring in Kyoto. Don't get me wrong, but I don't mind like hanging out in my suite all day long there if I had to. I agree. The room waking up every morning, looking at the temple, it was just this, you know, I agree. Take all my points. Just take them all. <laughs> you know, I'm already plotting my return, but I will say, Kehalani, that breakfast at the Hyatt Place Kyoto, I was highly impressed with seeing that. Thank you. And we did not even plate our food. We just kind of like put it on there because we were tired and did our video. So imagine if we tried. <laughs> yeah, it was an excellent breakfast and no Jimmy Deans were involved either right none we got that good <laughs> japanese sausage oh wait, am i supposed to be quiet sorry mitch just no that's good <laughs> that's a no, good response <laughs> yeah the nice japanese sausage all right thanks everyone it's been a jammed pack week and it's time to move on to our weekly recap <laughs> It's now time for our weekly recap. We share our tips and insider lessons with you from stuff that we've recently booked. So I want to start with Serena and how she was raising the red alerts to get my attention <laughs> with the new or should I say short-lived award availability with Starlux Bookings and Business Class. Serena, you saved me. Thank you so much. We've been talking about Starlux since episode one, Mitch, when you started discussing it in our first episode. So it was really important that we got a hold of you. So I'll, I'll, I'll take a step back first. Miguel is the one who found the award availability. Insert video here. <laughs> Wake the f up. LAX to Taipei on Starlux. Nine seats open, eight seats open. Verified on here, this is seats.arrow. LAX to Taipei, Starlux, 60,000 Alaska miles. Book it. And he sent us a very special video letting us know the <laughs> award availability was, was ready. And so my first order of business, get in touch with Mitch. He wasn't answering any phone calls. He wasn't responding to our chats. And so I thought, oh, he's probably in the air. So I texted him and that's when you responded right away. And I'm like, thank God. So I knew you were on it. And then that's when I focused on my booking. So Mitch, you were a priority that day, just so you know. I appreciate that, especially <laughs> the video from Miguel. Thank you very much. Yeah, so I knew that was a priority for Mitch because he's been talking about Starlux. I was just casually searching like I do eight hours a day looking for flights. <laughs> and I was on that arrow and I, I, had, I, I was searching for North America to Asia for five seats or more in business class. Let's see what's available for the next year. And then I, I kept seeing a lot of rows of LAX to Taipei. And I was like, this has to be the Starlux. And I and I looked and I'm like, this is it. So I was freaking out. I was literally shaking because nobody had reported on this yet. Nobody had tweeted this or reported nothing. And I was like, I have to tell Mitch, like that was priority number one. I was like, <laughs> so just so you guys know, like Miguel found 
this before any bloggers wrote about it, yeah. before anybody mm -hmm. on Instagram reported it. He found it first. Yes. And we have the, I have the timestamps. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was seriously, I'm not joking when I'm telling you that I was shaking because I was like, it's, you know, a lot of people have been waiting for this to be bookable because all Starlucks in Alaska said earlier this year was like, it'll be bookable this year with points. That's it. They didn't say a time or date or anything. So when I found it, I was like, oh, like, we have to book whatever we want first before we go and share this with the world. So I booked five seats on Starlucks business class, Taipei to LA for next spring. And I just happened to have close to 300,000 Alaska miles lying around in different accounts. I was short a little bit, so I had to buy some Alaska miles to top off my bookings. I bought about 19,000 miles for about $385. And that was enough for me to book the five different seats on it. The reason I had to buy some miles to top off my account is because there are no credit card points that transfer into Alaska mileage plan, their loyalty program. So you can actually transfer it from Marriott but that's a, not typically a good exchange rate. So you either have to earn them with their credit cards or fly One World Airlines and credit your paid flights to Alaska for this. So it was necessary for me to buy the miles if I wanted to book the five. Now, it just so happened that there was a promotion with Alaska where they were giving you bonus miles. That brought my cost down a little bit. If there had been no promotion, I think it was something like I would have paid a little over $500 for the miles instead. Now, I personally don't typically recommend buying miles. They're usually not a good deal. But there are certain loyalty programs that could make a good deal when they're having a promotion. Either you get bonus miles or you get a discount on the miles that you buy, but only if you have a specific redemption in mind that you want to do. And either you find a word availability for the dates that you need, or you're watching out for it. You have your antennas on, you know, for, for when <laughs> yeah. those dates become available. So in this case, for me, it made sense. The taxes and surcharges on these, on this flight was only about $50 per ticket. So it wasn't a lot. So for me, it made sense to pay the 385 to buy the miles that I needed to be able to book this. And we're doing the Taipei to LA route instead of the other way around, because I want to try out their boba tea that I know Serena's excited about. You booked it too, right? I did. I booked it as soon as I knew Mitch was on it. So <laughs> then I focused after I knew Mitch was on his booking, I focused on my booking and I only had enough Alaska miles for one of those lakes, either LAX to Taipei or Taipei to LAX for me and my husband. And I chose the Taipei back to LAX route. So the reason why I chose the route home is because the premium class experience, not just for Starlux, but for any airline, it's not just about the in-air experience, but it starts on the ground in the lounge in the airport. And Starlux has the Galactic Lounge in Taiwan, which sounds pretty cool. And the reviews on it are actually really good. And they sound a lot better than the LAX option that we have. And then I realized that it was during Chinese New Year. And I have friends who spend a lot of time in Taiwan. So I reached out to them and I asked them if it was a good time of year to go. All of them unanimously said no. Right before Chinese New Year, it gets really crowded. Then everything shuts down for two weeks. Right after that is when it's a really good time of year to go because the weather is nice. It's not as crowded. And so this March to April time period is really nice. When you get into June and onward, you hit typhoon season and it becomes so hot and rainy during the summertime. So that's when I right away changed my booking on Alaska. I did this all within an hour and it was really easy. There are no extra fees to change my booking to a different date on Alaska's website. I'm always taking into consideration 
consideration the climate when I'm planning my trips. Some people don't mind, you know, they're okay with hot and humid weather. For me, it's not something I can handle. That's something that I always take into consideration. So as I mentioned earlier in the show, Starlux will eventually be flying to and from SFO. This is slated for launch end of the year. So in December, they haven't even started reservations for that flight yet. So I have a seats.arrow alert to alert me when award bookings are available. And hopefully it'll be available by the time my flight is. But if not, I'm okay just taking this Taipei to LAX flight. But then if SFO does open, then I will reschedule much like I did on Alaska's website for no additional fee. So Mitch, tell us the story of your booking and what happened as soon as you got my text. Absolutely, Serena. So you know, everyone knows I have been waiting for a very long time for this redemption. As you said earlier, I even talked about it in our pilot episode. And I am so grateful to Miguel, to you, Serena, and everyone for ringing the alarms and getting my attention when this opened. So a few things I want to talk about is first, I was coming back on the plane from my trip when the availability opened. And there I am, picture it in my big, comfy Singapore business class seat. And my phone's blowing up with these messages and text, which I really appreciate so much. And the Wi-Fi on the plane, horrible. Absolutely unusable. I mean, AOL dial-up is faster than what I was working with when this news came down. So if there's any advice that we can repeat over and over on this show, and I know Serena, Kehalani, Nicole, Miguel, all of you have beaten this drum into the ground, but it bears repeating one more time. Whenever deals like this come around and you see it posted, don't walk, you run to these deals. I'm not even joking about this. We put a story on our Let's Get to the Points Instagram page as well when the availability showed up. And the reason that I bring this up is because over the years I've been doing this and you all have done this as well. The one lesson that I've learned is you book now and you ask questions later because later I can guarantee you if you wait, it will not be there. Alaska had promised to offer business class seats at the 60,000 miles, which first off, finding that space cost in the first place, it's almost impossible anywhere. Now, over the past week or so, there's been a couple of blogs that have been posting saying stuff like shame on Alaska, shame on Starlux. This wasn't what they had promised. They had promised it was going to be for a month that a lot of people were upset. And you know what I say to that? I say, come on, shame on you for not being ready. Because we've talked about this very topic before. Even Kay Haulani did an entire segment on being ready to book and gave some great tips and advice on just that. So it was actually reported that Starlux had given Alaska about eight or nine award seats and a business class on each flight for the start of their partnership, which in my opinion, that was incredibly generous because I'm not even sure that any airline is going to be giving that many business class award seats to partner airline these days. And the demand right now for international travel is just through the roof. People, they've been hoarding their points for a few years now, especially since COVID. So you can't tell me that you expected this big promotion of 60,000 points one way in business class to last a month. There's absolutely no way. So I just want to say to those of you that were ready, ran to book when you saw the alerts and posts, 
congratulations. I'm happy for you because you paid attention and you were ready. Okay, that's it. I'm off my soapbox now. I, I feel good. a lot better that I got all that out. So. That's good. Okay, let's recap. What can we do to get ready when we want to book something like this? Preach it. What's the first? Kehlani, give it to him. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like what Kehilani has said to us in the past, when you see a transfer bonus, take advantage of it right away. If you know that you're eventually going to use those miles or points in that program, like for example, right now, Avianca, I'm probably going to use Avianca in the future. So I'm going to want to transfer some points this month during the Amex transfer bonus, right? Right. Don't be afraid to move your points. If you know you're going to book something, move it over, get that bonus, get your money's worth, get your extra points. And also be like Miguel, gather your cards, know your strategy. He's been collecting points. He didn't start like two months ago. He started a while ago. So start now and make a plan. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with this transfer bonus that American Express has with British Airways. I use American Airlines miles all the time, and this is the perfect transfer bonus for me to use, stack up some points, stow them away for when we need them. And talking about being ready, this team, I have to say, is amazing at alerting each other and the world about points coming up. Serena was the one that told us about the availability for Etihad First Class, flying between Abu Dhabi and London. And lo and behold, within two minutes, I was able to book four tickets for our family to fly first class. You have to be ready when these deals come up. Follow closely to our YouTube channel. Check out our Instagram. We're always sending out information about points, availabilities. So you definitely want to keep tuned in. I would also add for these transfer bonuses, have a strategy in mind. I wouldn't say transfer all your points into British Airways, but you know, if you have what type of redemption you want to do. So say, for example, you want to do the West Coast to Hawaii and American Airlines, which you know is 13,000 British Airways objects. If you know you have a family of four, you know you're going to need 13,000 per person for these things. Now, with the transfer bonus, that means you transfer 10,000 Amex points to British Airways to get the 13,000 that you need. So maybe you want four tickets, so you transfer the 40,000. That's going to give you what you need for four tickets. Have the amount that you might use in the future ready. Another example is I want to do this booking using Air France Flying Blue that I know I need 55,000 points for. So next time there's a transfer bonus, I might transfer enough to cover that 55,000 at least because I know what I can do with it. So I wouldn't just transfer it blindly, but have a plan of how many you might need for a booking you want. Yeah, we also knew that Alaska Airlines was going to release business class tickets on Starlux for 60,000 Alaska miles. We knew this months in advance. So there was time to collect the points that you needed before they went live. All right. Do we all feel better now that we got that off our chest? I mean, don't come crying to me that you can't find this availability when we told you to be ready, right? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. So let's completely change topics. Let's move on. And Nicole, you booked something to El Salvador, right? Yes. A couple of weeks ago, I had to book a ticket to Chicago because we're running the half marathon in Chicago in the fall. So one of the tips is that we're booking a Spirit Airline. And if you go directly to the airport to book a Spirit Airlines flight, you can save yourself at least $22 per leg. Spirit Airline usually charges a carrier fee 
which is $22. So if you're purchasing at the airport, then you don't have to pay that fee. While I was at the airport, there were four guys there and obviously they knew this tip and they were booking, I kid you not, just random tickets to different places. Obviously they've done their research. The guy booked a ticket to Mexico. Then he booked a ticket to Atlanta. And then literally he turned to his friend and was like, yo, these tickets are $98. Where do you want to go? And the guy was like, let's check out El Salvador. And then my wheels started turning. So we have a few days before we go back to school. And I thought I was going to give my kids a break, you know, go home, rest for three days. No. So I looked up El Salvador and literally when we get home, we have enough time to drop our bags off and get to the airport to go to El Salvador. <laughs> oh my gosh. Kids, to hell with your travel fatigue. We're going. Yeah, like, We're going to El Salvador. <laughs> yeah. Go. And so we found four round trip tickets to El Salvador from Fort Lauderdale for $130. I mean, the deal was so good. I invited two of my friends. I'm like, you guys want to go to El Salvador? I mean, what are you doing? It's the weekend. Let's go. And they were like, sure. So six of us are going to El Salvador. It's a great place to go because food's not expensive. Transportation's pretty cheap and the attractions are decently priced. So not a bad weekend trip. Also speaking about getting ready last night, my, I don't know where or how my son knew about this, but he found tickets to a Travis Scott concert in Rome. He was like, mom, what are we doing tomorrow? We can go to this, I think it's a new release of his concert. I have no idea. All I know is that tomorrow we are going to a Travis Scott concert. We need lots of footage of you there with all the kids. Yeah. <laughs> right? Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> From one mother to another. Good luck. From Travis Scott to El Salvador. Here we go. Just real quick before we wrap up, guys, I'm going to do a YouTube video for you all about our crazy non-rev travel from Honolulu, Hawaii to Japan and going to Australia on completely full fares where Delta was even handing out $1,500 plus hotels to passengers because they were overselling flights out of Asia. So stay tuned for that, you guys. Wow. Thanks, Kehalani. We are looking forward to that. All right. Thanks, everyone. One of my favorite segments of this show right here, as Baby Vilch recently wrote on our YouTube page, this is where we are dropping the gems. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Absolutely. All right, everyone. It's now time to move on to Ask Us. Hi, everybody. My name is Caroline. I live in Brooklyn, New York. Let me start by saying I love the show. I look forward to the episodes every day of the week. And thank you guys for sharing and for creating such good content. And my question is, what do you think of Cathay Pacific and Qatar Airlines? Have you flown them? And what advice could you give me to take one of these airlines to go from New York to Bangkok, Thailand? Thank you. Okay, thank you, Caroline, for joining us from New York. Okay, team, Caroline is asking about some of my favorite airlines that we fly, Cathay Pacific and Qatar Airways. I know you all have flown on them too, and she wants to go to Bangkok. So, Kehalani, what did you think about flying on Qatar in business class? Wow, Caroline, it is something that I 100% recommend. It is an experience almost like no other experience you've probably ever had on an airplane. The service is wonderful. You're going to feel, if I can describe it, like a princess <laughs> from 
the moment you step on the plane. And what we did was we flew from the United States to Doha and had a long layover in Doha, spent time in the Al Morjan Lounge, and then took another flight over to the Maldives. And this trip was just flawless. It was like from the moment we left the US, it was like service all the way until we got to the hotel in the Maldives. People meeting us on arrival to take us to our hotel in the Maldives and riding queue suites where we can order food on demand. The meal was delicious. Now you can also get lobster in some of these routes, but I didn't get any, neither did my husband. So we're kind of bummed about that, but we're going to do that next time. And when you go into the Amorjan Lounge, it is massive. It is thousands and thousands of square feet. I recommend staying in there for hours and hours. We went there, we ate in one dining area, then we took a break, took a little nap. Then we went to the upstairs dining area, had some sushi up there, and then we went and slept in the sleeping room, got up, took a shower, ate again before our flight left. We wanted to stay in there longer, and that is a really important part of the experience is to book your flight so that you can have a long time in this lounge. Miguel, what's your advice for Caroline? Yeah. Hi, Caroline. So thanks for sending in your question. Uh, I have not flown Cathay Pacific, but I have flown Qatar Airways a couple of times in their, their business class, their Q-suites. So the last time I flew it last year, my wife and I went to the Maldives. So we took a flight from Houston to Doha and had an extended layover there before continuing on to the Maldives as well. And Caroline is not exaggerating. They do have some of the best service out there. Something that I will add Another option that you'll have in Doha, depending on how long your layover is. What we did is instead of going into the Al Murjan business class lounge, there's actually the Al Safa first class lounge, and which is typically only accessible if you're flying first class. But if you're flying in business class, you do have the option to pay to get in there. So that's what we did. We paid about $155 each to get in there, but we were in there for eight hours. So it was great because they actually give you a room on a first come first serve basis. And it's pretty much like a hotel room that you can get in there. And they have, you know, better dining, better drinks. It's such a contrast in that lounge from the rest of the airport. And it's just nice being in there. It's so peaceful. There's so much room. It's not crowded at all. So that's just something that I would consider when you're going. As far as booking, Seats.Aero actually has this tool called the Q-Suites Finder that you can just click and filter from North America to Asia. So you can see what other airports you might be willing to fly out of. So something else I would consider is flying out of Montreal. There there might be more award availability for them from New York. So that's something else I would consider as far as actually booking. And Nicole, you just booked Qatar, right? Yes, I recently booked Q Suites, and this was before I knew about Seats.Aero. And so I set an alarm for every day at 1.50 p.m. to check for Q Suites. I don't know why 1.50, I just picked a random time. And it was doing that every day for about a couple of weeks, and I was able to find the two seats. So I would definitely suggest, rather than this alarm, to use the Q Suites finder on Seats.Aero to check availability and set alerts, like Serena suggested, so that you can know when these seats become available. I think they're not available for North America for now, but as soon as they become available, I'm sure Seats.Aero will send you a notification. How about you, Mitch? What tips do you have for her? Yeah, if you've watched the show, you know that Cathay and Qatar are some of my favorite business class products out there. I even talk about it before, about how we got that price mistake a few years ago on Cathay Pacific, where they sold us first class for around $800. I'd really recommend, if you can swing it, Caroline, look for award space first class on Cathay. I know it's probably impossible to find. Seats.Aero is a good source to start as 
well. Also, we haven't really talked about this on our show, but Cathay Pacific is going to be raising their award rates starting on October 1st. There's about a 29% hike in the new rates, depending on where you book it. I know the rates have risen a bit for flights from the US to Hong Kong too, but remember Alaska is a partner with Cathay and you can occasionally find award space in the 50 to 60,000 range for business class from the US to Hong Kong. It's rare, but it's there sometimes. Still, Cathay Pacific First Class is my favorite product to fly. Qatar is my favorite business class product. And sometimes you can use award space from the US to go to Bangkok the long way as well. Now, Serena, we've kind of talked all about this, but you got some alternatives for us, right? Right. So with Cathay Pacific, you can book with Alaska or AA Miles or Avios or Asia Miles, right? And you'll want to do it before the devaluation date that Mitch mentioned earlier. On Qatar, you can book typically we like to book with AA Miles or Avios, but there just is not a lot of availability leaving from North America right now. So other options. Fortunately, you're in New York. There's so many ways to get to Thailand from, from JFK. So here are some options that you'll want to look at if you can't find the availability on Cathay or Qatar. So you can use AA Miles and fly on Japan Airlines. You'll have a layover in Haneda. You can fly Etihad. You'll use Aeroplan Miles if you can find that availability and you'll have a layover in Abu Dhabi. You can fly on Singapore. Also use Aeroplan Miles. You'll have a layover in Singapore. You can use Flying Blue Miles and you'll fly China Airlines. You'll have a layover in Taipei. You can fly Turkish Airlines and you can either use Turkish Miles or Aeroplan Miles and have a layover in Istanbul. Also Air France, also using Air France Miles layover in Paris or Flying KLM layover in Amsterdam. So lots of options from New York. Just go to Thailand, no matter how you can find availability. You'll love it. You're going to love it. That's right, Caroline. So many options. Thank you, Serena. Thank you, everyone. And thank you, Caroline, for sending us your video question. Please send us your pictures from your trip to Thailand, and we can't wait to see how your trip goes. Want to be on our show? We want you on here. All you got to do, simply drop us a line on any one of our social media channels, or you can email us at letsgettothepoints at gmail.com, and we'll feature you on the show right here. All right, before we close our show, we did another Instagram story asking for your questions. If you're watching on Spotify and YouTube, gotta put them up on the screen for you there. Okay, here we go. Best short, quick responses, everyone. Heather quit touching asks. Beep. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna pee on myself. Okay, go again. Oh, right. I wasn't, Were we I ready, wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Touching. Leave my snort out. That's a real screen name, by the way, too. Yeah. Oh God. Oh God. How do you all keep the details of multiple trip planning straight in your head? She's struggling with her. <laughs> Miguel. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have a spread. I just use spreadsheets for everything. I have a lot of Google Sheets and spreadsheets in my computer just to keep track of travel like that. Nicole? I use notes. I'm very old school. I literally just went from pen and paper to actually put it in the notes in my phone. And recently on this trip, I've tried to use TripIt. It's helping a lot, but TripIt goes through your email and it's picking up the different details of the trip. So sometimes it doesn't pick up everything. But to keep my together, I put it in the notes app on the phone. Not 
not in my head. How about you, Kehawani? Heather, my head is a mess too. We have so many flights booked, so don't worry about it. What I've been using lately is my Apple calendar. I will color code it for hotels and trips. I've also started to use TripIt because in the past when we traveled with our kids, I'm a printing type of a person. I like to print my itineraries out. I like to print my hotel confirmation out, know what card I paid so I can just pull it out of my bag. Also utilizing notes like Nicole said helps. And my husband, he does the spreadsheets for us to organize our trips. How about you, Serena? So Heather, you really need to get your together because you can't keep all in your head. Okay. I certainly don't. So I'm very old fashioned. I used Excel spreadsheets for everything. I have a file for every trip. And then within my spreadsheet, I have tabs, the ones for itinerary, ones for notes, ones for flights, ones for like even the dates that I book and what miles I use. I keep it all documented in spreadsheets. How about you, Mitch? Yeah. Okay, guys, can you please be careful with your use of the word we're paying by the beep here. It's costing us a lot in beeps that we're having to pay for. So Heather, what I would say to you is I'm with everyone else. TripIt is my favorite app. I love it. I put everything in there. It keeps me organized. And I'll even put multiple hotel stays and multiple airlines because I'll sometimes do that for a trip. Sometimes I'll have two separate bookings and I'll just put it in there and I know where it is. I know it's in there. And then I know, hey, I got to cancel that before I go back. So TripIt for the win. Okay, next question from Jose the Explorer wants to know, have any of you considered buying a home in a different country? If so, what country and why? Miguel. Not really, but if I would, I would probably gear it towards, you know, top countries to retire in, just something to have there because I might want to live there. So maybe like Spain, I'd probably consider Spain. What about you, Nicole? Well, I left one country, came to another, and now I'm hooked on like the 24-hour Walgreens situation. So it's hard to leave that behind. (laughs) Um, I would look for something with good weather, cheap food, and easy access to the rest of the world. Maybe Mexico. I haven't given it much thought. How about you, Kehalani? We talk about it almost everywhere we go. (laughs) Japan. Oh, we should live here. Tahini. Oh, how much does it cost for a house here? Not that that's even realistic and we can do that. But other than that... Um, Hawaii is our home. This is where our family is. So we probably be here for a long time. How about you, Serena? Hi, Jose. I've I've never thought of it, not even once while traveling. And I think it's because I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. We are so fortunate with weather. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. And if it is too hot, it doesn't last very long. I also have small children. My family's here. So it's really hard to leave that. So I've never considered moving to a foreign country, but maybe later. How about you, Mitch? Yeah, Pora and I, we have talked about this often. You know, we recently just talked about this on our trip, by the way, but it involves winning the Mega Millions lottery. So if my numbers come in, don't expect me to come back on this show ever again. But <laughs> you're still going to want to be with us, though. Yes, um, absolutely. I'll be your housekeeper, Mitch. I'm going to be with you. <laughs> but if we do win the Mega Millions, we want to buy one of the residences at the Park Hyatt in Bangkok. That is what we've talked oh, about, and that's the plan. So kind of, yeah, we want to buy in a different country. We've thought about it. So, yeah, good question. So, Kehelani, you said you'll be his housekeeper. I'll be his hairdresser. <laughs> oh, you got the easy job. I always pick the easy jobs. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, dear. Win those mega millions, bitch. <laughs> I know, we got right? You, we got That's you Starbucks, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll cut you all a check, I promise. Yes. All right. Final Instagram question comes from Wander Rhea, and they ask, where are you all headed next, and how are you going to get there? Safe travels. Miguel? I like this question because I have an exciting trip coming up. So in like less than a month, my daughter and I are flying to London for a couple of nights. Uh, we're getting there on Delta One business from L.A. to London. Then we're flying the Etihad first class apartment that we talked about earlier from London to Abu Dhabi, spending one night there. And then we're going from on Qatar from through Doha to Seattle on Q Suites. So really, we have nowhere to go. This is all because I wanted to do the Etihad first class. So this whole trip is centered on when that became available, I said, I want to fly it. They haven't flown the A380 since before COVID, so I want to fly it. And then my daughter was able to come along. So that's my next trip. What about you, Nicole? We are headed to El Salvador. I picked El Salvador because of an Instagram video. I wanted to slide on this rainbow slide and... Here we go. What about you, Kehalani? Well, next week we are going to Mexico and staying at the Secrets Impression Moshe. I canceled my reservation three times, so this is my fourth and last opportunity to go for, I think we got it for 25,000 points tonight because it's a lot more points right now. We're not sure how we're going to get there. We're going to fly non-rev. Um, if we can't find anything, we'll book something with points. And a couple days after that, we're going to be going to the Maldives. We don't have anything booked yet, so we're going to fly non-rev. We're probably going to look for something on um, Emirates. That is one of my goals. I really want to ride on that plane in the premium economy. And coming home, we're flying on uh, Etihad business class from the Maldives to Abu Dhabi, and then Abu Dhabi to IAD Dallas, Washington. We're flying in first class. How about you, Serena? So I'm going to Bora Bora with my family, my husband and my two girls, and we're getting there on United. Miguel posted this special deal on United. It's nonstop, in economy, round trip for only 40,000 miles. And so that's how we're going to get there. And we're going to spend a few days there and then come home. And it's nonstop from San Francisco to Papiete, which is really nice. Nice too. And then how about you, Mitch? I'm so excited. We have our trip booked. Um, I've never been to Bali. I don't think Porat has either. We have that book for October and we're going on Singapore Airlines and I'm kind of excited because it's the nonstop out of LA. So it goes LA, Singapore. We're going to stop over in Singapore for about four days and then we're going to go on down to Bali. And that's where I have the Andas booked and we're going to do uh, about four or five nights down there. So I'm really excited about that trip. Never been to Bali. I've heard so many great things and I'm excited about going as well. Well. All right. Keep those Instagram questions coming. We love every one of them and we love answering them here on our show. So thanks to all of you for sending them in. Please follow us on Instagram and look for our next question story. That's it for now. I want to thank all of our hosts, Serena from Passion for Points. Bye everyone. Kay Halani from Points to Travel Expert. Aloha. Miguel from Travel Sergeant. Yeah, thank you. Nicole from Nicole's Travel Tips. Bye. See you guys next week. And I'm Mitch Shannon from Sea to a Suite. We appreciate you watching and listening listening, but we need your help. Please like and subscribe to this audio and video podcast wherever you find us on social media, including YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Thank you for watching and listening. Watch for our next episode soon.